Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Gus, the first meal I had outside my own home following the quarantine was at your house. Brought over a bunch of meat. I brought over my Alpine Touch, but I didn't bring it home. I forgot it at your place. Our first meal was made better, as every meal is made better by Alpine Touch on basically everything. I put Alpine Touch hickory smoke on my cereal in the morning. <laughs> It's, it's reached that level of usage. And the fact that you left it, I knew that you left it at my house. You brought it over, left it at my house. And like a real jerk, I said nothing to you because I was like, well, that's mine, dude. That's it. You came to my house. You left it in my house. And I'm eating all of it. We've gotten so far into this Alpine Touch obsession, I think, that I just think we might be able to host a podcast about all the things that you can make with Alpine Touch. It would be short. Everything. (laughs) They have a bunch of different varieties of spices, as we know. Uh, They are local from the state of Montana. Shoto, shout out, original Alpine Touch. And it's great when it's not just local, when it's not just supporting the state of Montana, but when it's also actually the best thing that you can get. I mean, when it comes to spices, uh, it's second to none. So, boys and girls, use your Alpine Touch. Colter, tell them where they can get it. AlpineTouch.com, no matter where you're at in the entire world listening to this, if you are in the United States of America and you make an order of over $50, which, you know, if you get yourself the Grand Slam and maybe some barbecue sauce, some sunflower seeds, you're there. Free shipping anywhere in the United States of America right now. Uh, so go to AlpineTouch.com. They're rolling out all their summer Big Mountain flavor packages. The sunflower shoots are really, really good as well. Alpine Touch has got you covered. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. It's 4 o'clock. Welcome to Tutel and Nuanes, Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! Sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Oh. 
Just to make it all the way official in the state of Montana, we'll tell you what that means. The NFL, thinking about playing five days a week, and how does five overtimes and 61 points play into what happened yesterday in sports that were in fact being done on the ice and court, respectively? Hi, boys and girls. It is to tell new one. It's on 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Outstanding to be with you on this very fine Tuesday, Wednesday. There we go. We got to get our days right. I'm all discombobulated. I'll tell you why in a second. Wednesday afternoon. Great to be with all of you. Thanks for letting us ride along with you on this Wednesday afternoon. A little bit cooler. And what I would say about that is very much nicer. Thank you uh, for that opportunity. A little cool off session here. Uh, boys and girls, let's get let's take a look at what we got in the show here today. Uh, first of all, Dixie State canceled all fall sports. Why does that matter? Because that was the last possibly remaining opponent for Montana State this fall. Uh, it seems pretty clear that that wasn't going to happen regardless, but in any case, it's official now on account of the opponent canceling fall sports. So we'll uh, go through that a little bit. And also, what about North Dakota State versus Nebraska with two teams attempting to not follow along with what their respective conferences have necessarily decided, although Missouri Valley still isn't officially out, right? I mean, they're still yeah. not all the way out. Ohio Valley thing. South and the Missouri Valley, okay. the three that are holding on at the FCS on. I, guess, I guess I was going to say barely hanging out, but I don't think they actually are barely hanging, hanging out. I think they're they just to roll. Absolutely. Uh, we also will get into uh, what happened uh, last night in the world of sports, and how about 61 out of Damian Lillard. Pretty impressive uh, out of the, uh, well, one of the best players in the league. Maybe the best point guard in the league. Is that too much? I don't know. It's no, I don't maybe, know. no maybe about it. Oh, there. It's Steph Curry's not in the, Steph Steph Curry's not in the bubble. Well, he's, that's he's, right. He's he is in the league, though. Uh, so we'll get into that. Also, top of the hour, very, very excited about this. If you can stick around, if you can be here by 5 o'clock, uh, around 5 o'clock, make sure that you are. Ron Wetzel Sr., an outstanding basketball player at the University of Montana in the late 60s and early 70s, uh, and his son Ryan, who was an outstanding basketball player in his own right. I mean, the entire Wetzel family, tremendous athletes, tremendous basketball players. And they will join us for the ESPN Roundtable to talk uh, a little bit about uh, Don's you know, playing career, what it was like playing in Cut Bank, Montana, and some of the stories he's got are fantastic. But also, uh, uh, Walter Blackie Wetzel, who is Don's father, okay, going back yet another generation, uh, was both a, a diplomat and a representative of the Blackfeet Nation uh, for the United States or to the United States uh, uh, you know, government, Congress, etc. Spent quite a bit of time in Washington, D.C. And also uh, was the one who... Uh, essentially helped to build the bridge and devise what became the Washington football team's logo, which they have used for the last 42 years, Coulter, which, you know, with with the change of name that, that Washington has gone to to become the Washington football team and then presumably something with an actual logo and mascot and so forth, uh, the loss of that logo uh, has been very disappointing to, I think, a lot of people and certainly to the Wetzel family, not just the loss of the logo in general, but uh some of the way that that took place uh, in, in terms of the communication or lack thereof with the organization. Uh, but as you and I said, the, the, the name going away, fine, probably good. But the logo is one of both the most iconic and most, uh, I think, respectable, you know, cool representations of Native Americans in professional sports. Uh, and and uh, they, you know, 
argue, and I think probably accurately, is the most recognizable of any of them globally. And to lose that is a significant loss to uh, to the Blackfeet Nation and to uh, the Wetzel family in general. So they will join us at the top of the hour to give their kind of firsthand account of all of that. And uh, uh, it was a great conversation. We did this a couple of days ago uh, to uh, to make sure we could get it all you know sorted out properly uh in terms of the pre-record but it is it's an awesome conversation and and uh don first of all what a storyteller uh so so that is that's awesome but also perspective from the people who are living it you know one of the great um traditions of indian culture montana indian culture particularly is the passing down of stories and mm-hmm. don wessel has some of the great stories you'll hear this isn't just about the washington football team or the logo change this is about um Native American tradition and the affiliation with basketball, why that's beca- why that's maintained as such an important part of their culture, particularly in this state. And um, also just the impact this has had on their family, not just their immediate family, because, you know, as Ryan told us before the interview started, he said, well, I think that I'm pretty much cousins with everybody that lives in the state of Montana. Right. Uh, yeah, a couple of my good friends are, are Blackfeet and... A couple of their cousins played at Montana State. I remember when Leo Davis had his senior day at Montana State, there was more than 200 of his relatives that came to that thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, it was one of the cool moments I've ever experienced covering college football. They sang him onto the field with a Warriors song, and it was it was awesome to see their entire family there. Everybody was wearing a number 50 jersey. The entire section of Bobcat Stadium filled with number 50 jerseys. Super cool. But, but we get into all of that, and then also... Uh, the dichotomy of what has this has been, because on one hand, I think I, I agree the the name itself is something that needed to be changed. I think the impetus for the name uh, change was less than savory. <laughs> I mean, of course, look at who we're dealing <laughs> yeah, it's, with. There. It's Daniel Snyder, the right. worst owner in the history of professional sports. But uh, I, I think it's a, it was a sad day though when the logo was removed because yeah. I think it was one of the most positive representations of indigenous culture that we had in America. And I know it brought a lot of pride to a lot of native people around the state of Montana. Uh, it also, and by the way, so again, that's at five o'clock today, being Wednesday, wing it Wednesday. I did my questions, Colter. You're going to be so proud of me. The questions that I got for the people here today, we're going to send you over to the Desperado Sports Tavern to get yourself some wings, the best wings in the city of Missoula. We're going to we're going to have some fun today playing with these questions around here. So uh, 361-3688, the phone number. All guests join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. You can text that line as well. And remember, give us a call. 430, we will get into uh, a little bit of Wing It Wednesday, 361-3688. If you want to listen live, by the way, you can do so on the web, 1029ESPN.com. You go to our website. You listen live on the stream. The stream is available thanks to Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Uh, the reason I mentioned that I was a little discombobulated is because our studio, uh, and this will not come across except for when I'm stuttering and stammering uh, in, in on the radio, but, but our studio has taken a significant step forward. And we have two, uh, well... Big old flat screen televisions in here that are now the new control panel and uh, the SWX feed and uh, the the narcissist arrogant jerk that is to tell can't stop looking at himself. Well, see, you I know? can't stop and looking so, at myself because I can't believe that they let that guy be on TV. <laughs> False. Look at you, Svelte. You're wearing white today. You look great. I, I only so, spilled on myself once today. I must say. For for being four four o'clock and change, 
that's as clean a white shirt as I've ever seen you wear. Usually by this time, it looks like polka dots, you know? You know mustard, some coffee, a little bit of jam. Who knows what's going to land on that thing? So nice work, Coulter. Way to keep it clean for the show today. Appreciate that. Uh, Coulter, let's get into a couple of things here. Just, you know, again, just the, the, this is really more news. We're not here to sit here and talk about this too long. But Dixie yeah, State. I'm tired of talking about it. Dixie, I know you are. But Dixie State was the last <laughs> remaining just... opponent that Montana State may have had on its schedule. Uh, Montana State practiced for fun. It's not even like they were preparing as if they had an opponent that they were going to play. But officially today, Dixie State canceled their fall sports, thus any remnants of a possibility of a scheduled game with Dixie State, which Montana State did originally have on their non-conference schedule, es no mas. So uh, it is, that, that's out the door. I think that um, I'm trying to rack through every schedule uh, rapid fire as I can, but I can't say with full certainty, but I, I believe that that means that all non-conference games for Big Sky schools have been canceled. Mm-hmm. Because as we know, Division Two canceled, so every single down game is gone. Every single money game is gone because the only money games that Big Sky schools usually get is the Pac-12. It's a rare, rare occasion you play a a, a Big Ten like Idaho did when they yeah. went to Penn State and lost by seventy. Um, but with no Mountain West games, no, um, uh, you know, and then, and then the cancellation. Dixie State was an interesting one because they had to make the decision on their own. Because for those that follow, Dixie State was in the Great Northwest Athletic Conference for football, which is a very strange league because the GNAC is a great league when it comes to basketball. Alaska Anchorage, Alaska Fairbanks, Central Washington, Montana State Billings, but none of those schools besides Central offer football. So the GNAC is sort of this haphazard league. It has Simon Fraser, which is the only Canadian school in the in the world that plays American Rules football. Central Washington, Humboldt State, Dixie State, and... Um, Previously, Western Washington, but they dropped football too. Yeah, so it's one of the only Division Two leagues that doesn't get an automatic bid. That's why Central Washington's run, especially last decade, was so impressive because they had to get an at-large bid out of a conference that didn't have an automatic bid. But Dixie State has then now moved up to the, the FCS, and they were planning on playing an independent schedule this year. So they had to cancel it on their own. So I believe that's the last uh, non-conference game that was on the docket. Um, for because there is Missouri Valley games still going, so I guess that's not true. Because Idaho State has a game against Northern Iowa that's still on the docket. So there's a few Big Sky games left, but all they continue to dwindle by the day. Well, the thing, I mean, this has been my presumption ever since the Big Sky Conference announced that it was going to be eliminating, uh, you know, football this fall, and you know, planning or trying to play a season in the spring, but that the non-conference games could be played either in the fall or the spring. I just assumed that that had nothing to do with the games that were currently scheduled. Like if the you it, thought there'd be like new I just, games, I, and I still assume that. Like I don't think that it's going to happen. I don't. Well, I don't know why any team would until maybe it was later, and they felt like it was a nice full warm up to get ready for spring when they weren't going to play conf- anything other than conference games. You know, by the school's decision, as the University of Montana has said, they're only playing conference games in the spring. Obviously, they already stated as well they're not going to play a non-conference game this year, regardless of when. 
But I just assume that maybe a couple of teams would go, hey, you know what, we're going to have 10 fall practices, and we'd like to have those 10 fall practices also accompanied by two fall games. Let's see if we can find anybody to play, that we can get a home game and maybe a road game and get a couple of non-conference games with a couple of other teams that would, you know, that would just be out there that weren't originally on the schedule. The idea that you're going to play any of the non-conference games that were, quote, originally scheduled, I've, I have I had that ship sailing a long time ago. I assumed it would all just be new stuff that, that ADs had put together on their own. But when do you play them? Whenever you want. I but mean, how? It, I mean, there's no... The, the, the spring proposal is to start the last week of February... You're not going to play games before that. No, no, I'm saying in the fall. I'm saying. Oh, you, you uh, think, I'm, you're, you're thinking there's just going to the non-conference is going to be scrapped, and and if people want to explore getting new ones, they could. totally. And you could play them in in October or November. You know what I mean? If it coincided with something like a fall, quote unquote, uh, uh, you know, what what do you call it? A, a fall uh, uh, practice schedule or something like that, because you just wanted to do it. Now, again, a lot of that hinges on. Uh, 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 eligibility factors. Obviously, everybody has four games that they can play without using a red shirt, but nonetheless, would you want to play two utterly meaningless and completely removed games three months before a potential well, right. season that could be two games towards that red shirt? And I don't know what the NCAA can and will rule, but I, I, I assume if it's going to happen at all, it's going to be new games that have not been scheduled. Well, I, don't, I just don't think that anybody's going to show up. Not Not fans, players, because... You mentioned the four games for guys that haven't used their red shirt. But say you're a guy like Sammy Kemp from Montana or you're a guy like Jason Lewis from Montana. You've already redshirted. And say you, there is there's a chance you could play two or three non-conference games in the fall. And then the spring season doesn't happen. No, it would. Then, then where are you at? Because th- th- there's, no, there's no rule for this. And there's no guarantee the NCAA would give you your, your eligibility back. And, and the NCAA, what you, there, no football team is going to do it without knowing the answer to that question that you're asking. Right. The NCAA would have to, and clearly they're not good at this, give some information and make a decision about the eligibility of those players uh, you know, prior to that being, you know, that being made. But the idea that, well, Dixie State's still out there, maybe September 12th or whatever the date was, you know, the Bobcats are playing football. Well, no, obviously that ain't happening, whether Dixie State itself has called it, you know, said, said they're out or not. Here's what I think is interesting, though. The Big Ten is out. But Nebraska doesn't want to be out, and they've stated that from the top down. Right. As of right now, the, they're in the wrong league. As of right now, the Missouri Valley... Is not has not canceled fall sports or right. canceled football. So one of the teams that would make a ton of sense for Nebraska to play, it seems to me, is North Dakota State, if they were still going to be a go. No question. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, our team works with you to understand your technology demands, then deploys the right solution for your unique needs. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business. Blackfoot, connect to more. It's one of the most undertold stories of this entire. Uh, Nebraska was the do, uh, would you say among or, or the dominant program of the uh, in college football of the, of the late '80s and early 1990s? Yeah, I mean them and Miami, right? Th- three straight national titles in the mid 1990s. That doesn't yeah. lie. Tom Osborne, one of the greatest coaches in the history of college yep. football. Yeah. 
Imagine if Ozzy and Tom switched roles. I, I'm confused. Ozzy Osbourne <laughs> and Tom Osbourne. Now, would that be... What would be weirder, Tom Osborne playing yeah, with Black Sabbath that. or Ozzy coaching Nebraska? Uh, you can see Ozzy doing anything just because he's such a nut. <laughs> Tom dressing up in all black and playing the bass, biting the bat. No. Now, we know he's not dressing it. Well, he could do the all blacks because you're, you know, black, shirts, black shirt, you know, with the old line. So he could do that. But part of the Nebraska magic, where did it move to? Fargo, North Dakota. Craig Bull yeah. is a Tom Osborne disciple. Right. They fashioned their program after the North uh, Nebraska. Yeah. So there is a ton of connections there. Um, how good is NDSU? That's been the question that's been asked so often because we know that they are peerless at the FCS level. They they've lost eight times in ten years. It's it's ridiculous. It's become out of control at this point. The gap continues to widen. I mean, you. You lose a coaching staff and a star-studded class of guys, including multiple guys who go to the NFL. And I mean, you replace a guy who's a seventh-round draft pick, which is a, a high feat for an FCS quarterback, with a dude who's the number two overall draft pick in the in the entire NFL draft, in Carson Wentz. And then you replace him the guy with Easton, be the with Easton one. Stick, who might start for the Chargers, if not now, someday. And then you got a dude who might be the top overall pick in the draft by the time it's all said and done. Not this year, obviously, because Trevor Lawrence is yeah. going to have that crown. But the rich keep getting richer. Their players keep getting better. Nothing can derail it. But there was going to be such an interesting test this year. NDSU was slated to open up at Oregon. Oregon, uh, on one hand, is looking to replace Justin Herbert. Big hole to fill. On the other hand, they're still going to have the best offensive line in the country. They returned, I think, four out of those five guys that were on that line last year. All sorts of skill guys. That was going to be a fun game. How does NDSU stack up? Well, now they're exploring playing Nebraska. I mean, what do you think? I think that it's like even money NDSU at Nebraska. Uh, I think I was going to ask you that exact same question. I mean, I give, I, I'll say it's, I I'd say it's 49 Nebraska. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, I, I say Nebraska is a, a three and a half point favorite in that game. Um, I mean, the line would probably be more like 10. Yeah, the line would be much higher, but, um, but in reality, I mean, it, it's, it's hardly a mismatch, right? I mean, you're talking about, uh, Two teams that are probably right ranked in the 40s well, or it, 50s it, of, it, of college football teams in America. Right. In this run, NDSU has beaten Iowa in Iowa when they were nationally ranked. Right. They beat Kansas State. I, I Did they play Iowa State and win a number of Big 12 yes, teams? Yes, they have. And they beat Minnesota. They, they have won, I believe, their last five, maybe even their last six okay. FBS games. I, I, would, I would say that... I. I feel like Scott Frost is starting to get that thing going in the right direction. And I I think that Nebraska is... Is he, though? Yeah, I said starting. I mean, it's, it's slow. It's slower than people thought. But I'm... I'm I'm. I, I think that uh, I think that somehow, some way, somebody along the lines bought into the fact that... Uh, what, how, how many years has how, been there? How, Two how, or one? I'm trying to phrase this in the right way, though. They were never as bad before Scott Frost as they've been with Scott Frost. No, that's that is absolutely false. I mean, it's absolutely. Didn't Frank false. Solich win nine or ten games before he got fired? Didn't Bo Pelini win nine in, or ten games before he got fired? In nineteen ninety-five and two thousand, yes. 
in in 2014 and 13 and 15 they were terrible so no i they mm, i i'm i, I am, think that's true man first of all he's been there for 58 seconds let the man do a little bit of work but the the point that i'm trying to make to you is this ndsu has this going for it anytime it plays a power five opponent being overlooked. It's the one and only time that they don't get the quote-unquote respect. And it ain't about the coaches because the coaches can preach all day long about how good a football team this is and how great and this, that, and the third. And the the, the the football teams are just never prepared. First of all, they don't totally believe it. The players don't totally believe it because it's just an FCS team. And second of all, when the game actually begins, they they're shocked. That, that this football team is actually this good. And I think that that would hold true at Nebraska, man. The, the the presumption would be win, and I also think there would be a downer element because you're in the Big Ten and now you're playing NDSU, again, that wasn't even on your schedule, as sort of a, well, we got to play it because there's nobody else to play type of scenario. So I give NDSU all the, all the chance in the world to win that game. Nebraska won at least nine games every single season from 1962 until Mike Riley went 4 and 8 in 2017. Okay. 9 games every single year. The three worst seasons of the last 60 years of Nebraska football have been the last 3, including Scott Frost who has the two worst seasons of the modern era. Mike Riley tore it down. I I understand the concept of a rebuild, but I also think it's one of the stupidest things that head coaches do when they come into a place and they say this is the worst it's ever been. It, it, it's it, it's objectively not true. Nebraska it, is as broken and more broken now than it was when Scott Frost took it over. I'm not saying it's his fault. That's what you have to do to rebuild. But the proof's in the pudding. I mean, they, they have had their worst finishes in decades and decades the last two years. I am not going to... I'm not saying that Scott Frost is saying or said that it was a rebuild. I don't know that he did. And I also am not saying that Scott Frost has done a good job. What I am saying is that I think that Scott Frost understands enough to know how to get it going, even though he is, they have and he thereby has completely underperformed the first two years. I'm not arguing that point. I just think that you got to give him a little bit of time. He did take UCF to the New Year's Six-whatevers. Yeah, I mean, hires like Scott Frost are... Um, Feast or famine. It's exactly right. It can never go okay. Yeah. It will right. only be the that's savior right. that brings you back to the yeah. promised land, yeah. or it will be a total bust that will ruin the reputation of a once great player. Either way. It's 2 tell one. It's 1029 ESPN Let's do some ESPN trivia, because I want to get some more time to you talk about You want to do trivia? Like, you don't want to talk NFL? We, right can, we can talk... We, we, uh, the NFL's contemplating playing five games. We can get into that and, and the benefits in... Five days a week, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, five games a week that will be on national TV. Um, we can get into that a little games bit Games that on. would be on five different days of right. week, right? That's right. what we're talking They're trying about. to capture... They, all the they games. They already got Thursday. They, they got set. Sunday. They got Monday. They're contemplating adding Fridays and Saturdays. Yeah. Uh, well, what the heck? We'll get we'll get into that a little bit later. I want to get into the trivia because I want to get a little bit. I want to get more some more time from my main man Dame Dollar. <laughs> okay, the best punk guard in the NBA and perhaps uh, one of the best players in the NBA. Boys and girls, give us a call three six one three six eight eight three six one three six eight eight. We got some trivia for you. I got a variety pack of questions that I am excited about right here, uh, going from the uh, NBA to the NHL to. Uh, 
MLB. I'm going to try and hit all the all the professional leagues that are in session right now. So 361-3688. Get some wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern. The best wings in the city of Missoula, according to you, the voting public. 361-3688. Call us right now. Let's do a Wing It Wednesday here in just a moment. Hey, boys and girls, summer, rock and roll. You got to be socially distant. Why not be outside? Why not go play some golf at the Canyon River Golf Club? I mean, it is as good as it gets. The picturesque Canyon River Golf Club. Canyon River boasts a pristine 18-hole championship golf course sitting along the Clark Fork River in the beautiful mountain valley of East Missoula. The course meticulously manicured. It is in as good a shape as it's ever been. And no I mean, no question. I hiked, up to, I, hiked, I hiked up to the top of Marshall Mountain. Oh, nice. This last weekend. Yeah. I was looking out over Look it. Down man, on it. It, looks, it. It looks even better from up there. It's it amazing. Is. It's, it's in great shape. Spectacular. Uh, the setting and the course itself. 18 championship holes. Go out and challenge yourself. Listen to this. $49, man, to play a championship course like that. That is a screaming deal. Online at CanyonRiverGolfClub.com. You can do even better than that by booking online. You can find some hot tea times that they got for you at the, uh, on, the on the website. See all the specials that they got going. They got a lot of them going on all the time. CanyonRiverGolfClub.com. Listen, you want to go outside, spend some time, play a, a sport, have a competition, be safe, be socially distanced, and enjoy yourself on a wonderful afternoon, evening, morning, whatever it might be. Go to Canyon River, CanyonRiverGolfClub.com. Coulter, during this time where we got to be a little bit socially distanced, it's nice to know we can get out on the links and play a little bit of golf. And nobody better than Western Birch to get your round started right. That's right. Golf's been definitely one of my favorite pastimes during quarantine times. And it's recently landed my new Western Birch customized golf tees. Go check out Western Birch golf tees at westernbirch.com. These classy golf tees are made of 100% white birch hardwood and printed with high quality color right here in the United States. A company founded right here in Montana. These durable wood golf tees, perfect way for you to market your business. Just think, anytime you break a tee, your brand is sitting on the tee box forever. You can hand them out to your clients, your buddies, your golf partners, whoever. Great way to earn top-of-mind awareness while also playing a sport we all love. Again, you can check out all the cool designs online at westernbirch.com. Add your logo on a 1,000 of any of their tees for $150 delivered to your door. Give them to clients, friends, watch them get impressed by the quality of the look of a simple golf tee and by your creativity. Give Western Birch the opportunity to show you what they're talking about. Email and ask for Chad at info at westernbirch.com, info at westernbirch.com, or follow on Instagram and Facebook, westernbirch.com. Should I stay or should I go? Lieberbank Oviedo Baloncesto. 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 Which is basketball. Oh. In Spanish. I did not know that. So is Liber is Liberbank the city? Oviedo the city? Or neither? Hard to know. Uh, this is located near the um, capital of the province that it's in. I cannot remember which province it is in, though. If it's not Madrid or Barcelona, I'm going to be real hard-pressed on my Spanish geography when it comes to cities, I must say. No question. Uh, it's 2 Tell Nuanas, boys and girls, 1029 ESPN Radio. We're ready to do a wing at Wednesday if you would like wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern. Give us a call right now, 361-3688. 361-3688. We got wings for you to the Desperado. Get them nice and saucy for you and enjoy yourself over there with some fun questions from us right here and right now. 
it's so funny because I think that there's a presumption that um, oftentimes the greatest athletes are also the biggest sports fans, but that's not necessarily the case. I think it is. Uh, it, it definitely translates in football and basketball. I guess it translates in all sports, but you'd be surprised how many Division One guys aren't NBA junkies. They might actually like watch college basketball a lot more than they watch the NBA. Mm. But Harold Frey is a, a sports junkie. He, when, I, when I interviewed him for this senior profile I wrote on him, he told me, he said, that the way I learned how to speak English was by watching the NBA. Mm-hmm. I just, I'd watch all the press conferences. I'd listen to the ways the guys talk. And as we know, I mean, Harold Frey, coming from Oslo, Norway, he speaks the most impeccable English of any uh, international player I've ever been around. More better than us. <laughs> but I've always thought it was really fun. And he's, he's become such a sports junkie. And he's, he's texted me multiple times since his career's been over. And he's listened to the show. And he always loves our NBA takes. So uh, we wish him the best of the luck as he goes abroad because he's absolutely one of my all-time favorite kids. He's a, he was a phenomenal international ambassador for Montana State and, and one of the greats to ever play in the Big Shy Conference. I got a good friend of mine uh, who is a native of Guatemala and uh, lives uh, here now. And he got married, I don't know when, he'd been married you know, quite a while, you know, a decade or so. And Who are we talking about? Sorry. Just a friend of mine. Oh, okay. Yeah, just a friend of mine. But his wife, one of the big pluses is that he wasn't into football. Mm, because she, she all, was into that. She, no, she she was into it that he wasn't because, right. you know, the time suck and the dedication to this foolish enterprise of, you know, whatever it is. He has become the biggest NFL fan that I know. It's a party every single Sunday, every Monday night. And uh, according to him, she feels very hoodwinked by this whole relationship. Like she really like she got she bought a, had a, a bill of goods and it, it turned out not to be the case, you know. So what are you going to do? Some people, you just get into sports, and that's it. Here's a question for you. Do more NBA players care about the NBA as fans or college basketball players care about the NBA as fans? Ask it one more time. I'll just give you my opinion, and then you can Sure. Go. I think a lot more college Division One college basketball players right. care a lot more deeply about the NBA and what's going on in the NBA at right. large than a lot of the NBA players themselves do. They care about what's going on with their teams and themselves and so on. Sure. But they're not... I don't know that there's a ton of guys like on an off night checking out what's going on in the Eastern Conference like can't wait, can tell you everything. I think on an off night, they're out. They're like, this is my job over here. I'm not going to sit here and watch these guys play. Obviously, you got to pay attention to you know at that stuff at some level. But I think that there's a bunch of Division One college players that eat and breathe the NBA because it's the dream. You know what I mean? They're, that's where they're trying to get to. Now, some know, but but many of them, I, I, it's what they do. They're not playing basketball. They're watching basketball. Yeah, it's interesting. I. I yeah, I asked uh, Coach Cobb this. Uh, mm-hmm. Chris Cobb, associate head coach for University yes. of Montana men's yeah. basketball, and he said, uh, I asked him, I said, are you hoping that your guys are staying engaged in the game by watching the NBA? And he said, absolutely. I hope that they're they're watching. The, the, the thing that's... He said, he said, we don't have to tell them to watch it. They're watching. I know. Yeah. The, thing, the thing that's so interesting is that the evolution of the professional game, the, the NBA game, Compared to what Division One college basketball has evolved into, yeah, it, 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 they're similar sports. They're not the same sport. It, they, it's 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 a completely different game. It's yes, it is a very, but, like, very I mean, different it, game. from rules to spacing to priorities. Uh, it, 
Division one college basketball, I, I, I don't enjoy it. I know some people do. I don't enjoy the way it has evolved into being about hyper-athleticism, hyper-structure. It's, it's not the, the flow of the game, the artistry of the game, the art of a beautiful game. It, it, it's, it's largely devoid in college basketball right now. I think that's, that's too bad. I think that's the best part about the NBA is the, the improvisation, the creativity, the artistry. I think um, you're absolutely right. In 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 that respect, like the NBA, the the basketball IQ is so high for players in the league. Like I don't mm-hmm. think they get enough credit very often for how smart they are about basketball. You're like, whoa, you're six eleven and you got a forty five inch vertical leap. Of course, you're playing in the NBA. Well, you know what? No, <laughs> right? Not now. You got to have you have to have an elite skill too. You and 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 an elite mind and. That gets developed only over time, and I think that even in Division One men's college basketball, there's a lot of kids who who know basketball to some extent, but they don't know it in an instinctual and immediate way the way that NBA players do, where they just automatically can see the matchup that they need to exploit, how that matchup needs to get exploited, and all five guys are on the same page. A guy like Harold Frey, he can see it all. He can do it, and he can, as as uh, Coach Danny Sprinkle said, he what I see Harold Frey as is a guy who covers up a whole myriad of ills. Totally. That's what he is there doing. He's covering problems elsewhere that nobody else even notices because he's the one taking care of it. But you don't get teams full of guys that are that basketball savvy at 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 the Division One level. Very, like, It just doesn't really that, happen. And so much of that's because it's not recruited, though. Yeah, uh, th- I, I think that's that, because coaches want to have their thing that they do, and then totally. you learn this the, thing, and then you do the that. number one way that Trisha Binford turned the corner at Montana State though was to recruit that recruit basketball IQ and mm. skill over hyper athleticism. I've always found it interesting. I mean, do you know what the Drew League is? The Drew League. The Drew League. No, it's like the it's the it's the city league in Inglewood uh, in L.A. and okay. many guys from the L.A. area. Most most famously, Paul Pierce, James Harden, um, guys that are from that area, play in the Drew League. So the Drew League is, you know, it, it's summertime runs, but a lot of times features some of the, literally the best basketball players in the world. I mean, James Harden was playing in the Drew League the year he won the MVP because mm-hmm. he's just a hoops junkie like that. But Montana State once upon a time had a point guard named Antonio Bigelow. He was a transfer from Mount Sac, a guy that could have gone uh, anywhere in the country coming out of high school, but then he had some clearinghouse issues, ended up going to JC route, uh, couldn't really get back on the track of going to a Power 5, ended up at MSU. And he was a good player at MSU, but he's like a Drew League legend. I was saying I was one of my buddies who lives in Seattle. He said, I said, what have you been doing out there? He said, well, one thing I thought was fun is every once in a while at the local places, they got what they called the midnight madness where they got the runs at the, the local high schools. And guys like, he's like, guys like Jamal Crawford and Avery Bradley and Isaiah Thomas show up. And my buddy was saying, but man, he's like, Ahmad Rory showed up and Ahmad Rory ran that thing. He said, Ahmad Rory was dicing guys that are in the NBA. And he said, I, I knew Ahmad Rory was good. I mean, he's first team all league player in the big sky. He's like, I didn't know he was that good. But that's what I'm talking about. When you get when you take the handcuffs off, I man, Tony Bigelow is fine at Montana State. He's hanging with James Harden when he doesn't have a, a structure that he has to abide by. Ahmad Roy is a great player in the Big Sky Conference, certainly. But he's straight hanging with Isaiah Thomas 
<laughs> when he doesn't have the handcuffs on him. I, I just think it's, it's an interesting element of basketball. It's two tell Nuanas, one two nine ESPN radio. Should you ask? Should you ask me my, your questions, or do no, you want to no. get out and talk about the best point guard in the world? I, I don't want to do either. I want to talk about the second best point guard in the world right now. Damian Lillard last night went full Dame Dollar, Dame Time, Dame everything. Scored the most points in the bubble this season. Was it the most points straight up in the NBA this year all the well, way back? Well, he scored more. He's got three 60 pieces. 61 last night in a 134-131 win over Dallas. And a win that Portland had to have or needed in order to move into the eighth spot in the West, which they now occupy after Memphis's loss coincided with that win yesterday. An unbelievable basketball game that came right down to it. Uh, obviously, in the three-point contest, it, Dallas took a, a very difficult three-pointer in the waning seconds, went off the side of the backboard uh, that uh, ultimately resulted in the uh, trailblazer victory. One of the great three-point makes that I've seen in my entire life, Damian Lillard hit from about 32 feet that went doink off the back iron, what, 10 feet in the air above the rim and just dropped straight in. I mean, talk about just having it, you know? And uh, in any case, 61 last night for Damian Lillard. And I thought the postgame interview was just as telling as you could possibly have. I mean, he was talking smack to a crowd that was virtual last night. That was beautiful. Yep. Walking around, letting everybody know exactly what's going on. The uh, the fire burns bright in Damian Lillard, and it is burning as bright as it's ever burned right now. He said that this is the only thing, you know, how he was asked how big a game of this. He's like, what do you mean? This is the only thing that matters. That's it. And the next game we're going to play, it's the biggest game of all of our lives. That's what he said. And the fact that he has well, that. he's right, man. He is right. Well, he, he's, he's right. because He's right because of what's going on in the world today, particularly what's going on in Portland, man. If the Blazers could figure out a way to win the championship. I don't know if it would be a more we we've talked about the cultural significance of what playing in the bubble is all about, and these and these superstars have been very adamant about talking about it as well. And I think mm-hmm. it's an amazing thing, but for it would be a transcendent moment if Portland was even just getting in the playoffs, and making a run. They don't even have to win it, but it would galvanize the city, and the city itself is just on fire right now, both literally and figuratively. Um, Brandon Ingram is a really good player that's coming into his own. Yeah, I was wrong about Brandon Ingram. He's he is. Um, I knew he was talented. I didn't think he would be able to get to a borderline All NBA level, and he's there right now. He is. He is. He's a great player, and I I love watching him play. And he plays hard, and he, he he's a really good basketball player. His per his persona or his personality on on the floor is is very different, and it's very even, and it's sort of cool and muted. In terms of the the emotion and the energy that is external with Brandon Ingram, mm-hmm. I have no question a guy who's worked to get to where he is and the way that he plays that he's as competitive as anybody that you want to put him out there with. But when you're watching the game, the way that Damian Lillard comes across through the screen, part of it's his size, part of it's his fearlessness, part of it's his snarl, and it is as 
welcoming for me as a fan, as 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 uh, uh, a big a draw and a guy that I want to root for because I see it dripping from him more than I see it from anybody else, including LeBron James. And you know LeBron is all-timer, but watching him, just seeing the way that he goes about it, it is as good as it gets. There's no question. I mean, he is the most authentic player in the league in in his snarl, in his drive, in his authenticity, in the way that he leads his team. That's why he's my favorite player in the NBA. Mm. The league is a point guard league right now. And point guard's an arbitrary term because it's like Jalen Rose always says. Positions were just made up to explain basketball to people who don't understand basketball. In the NBA, you play in the post or you play on the wing, that's it. Or you play on the ball. And there's a lot of guys, like, if we're ranking guys that are point guards, it's just like my whole argument about defensive ends, outside linebackers, and edges. There's Those are different things. Where in the, in the NBA, it's the opposite. If you play on the ball, James Harden's not a point guard, but he is a point guard because he plays on the ball. Mm-hmm. He has ball in his hands all the time. Yeah. He's going to either shoot it or he's going to pass it. He's going to get us. He's leading you to points one way or the other. He's just maybe not listed as the point guard on the scouting report because Russell Westbrook is. But in my opinion, right now, today, Damian Lillard is the best point guard in the NBA. Who's, who do you got over him? Steph. But Steph's not playing right now. So he's in the NBA, and he is the best point guard in the NBA. In is my Steph opinion. a point guard, though? Well, you just said there's no such thing, and I now know. you're going to split hairs? Yeah, but I, I just think that Steph actually plays on the ball less than almost every other one of his contemporaries in that argument would be. The brilliance of the Golden State Warriors when they were at their best is Steph Curry playing off the ball. Well, And the brilliance is that there, there, was, there wasn't a, quote, point guard. Dr- Draymond Green was the guy playing yeah, on right. the ball. He's, that was the brilliance of the Warriors. I mean, yeah, the secondary yeah. fast break of Draymond Green get the rebound, Steph Curry run off the screen, that's when they're the, the it, best. If we're talking about guards as guards... And if you want to throw point guard in there, I, I got Steph Curry one, and I don't know what to say about Giannis. Okay, but but he is he's running the show, right? And he's as much a forward and a post as he is a guard, but he's as ball dominant as any of, uh, of them. And so I I don't know. Again, that's why he's so unique and why he's such a special player because he defies yep. these this categorization. Uh, but Damian Lillard, for especially in the traditional package of a six foot one. Yep. shooting perimeter, obviously player, a slasher to the hoop who has to go figure it out in close. He's, I mean, yeah, he's as good as it gets. He's, he's, right the, he's the least dramatic leader in the NBA right now. You're talking about like off the floor drama? Because he's just a, he's the most dramatic leader. On, on the on the floor, he's talks. I mean, he is winning the game of verbal yes, combat. Theater, yes. Uh, but no, no, I mean... Russell Westbrook comes with baggage. We know that. I mean, he's just an emotional guy. You can see it. Mm-hmm. You have to keep Russ happy. And actually, when Russ is mad, he's actually at his best. But you have to <laughs> you have to give him some sort of bumpers. Else, it's like you know, you're driving the car seven thousand RPM straight off the cliff if yeah. you're if you're him. And James Harden is. I mean, he's he's a little bit of a moody guy. Yeah. LeBron is the, is one of the greatest leaders in NBA history. But LeBron has to have it his way. It's my way or the highway. LeBron well, James is making his roster. Kawhi Leonard, we don't really know because he doesn't speak. Yeah. But in terms of being a uh, a steadfast and uh, I guess the best way I could say it is I don't think that anybody, any other superstar in the league would, would have the chemistry that they have with their second guy like Dame has with C.J. McCollum. Mm-hmm. He lets C.J. go get buckets. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't let it affect him at all. It's not like a, oh, it's my turn type thing. I mean, the watch and the Rockets sometimes is exhausting because of the take the ball and let it roll. I... I 
right now, today, there's only three guys in the league that I would take over Damian Lillard. LeBron James, Giannis, mm-hmm. Anthony Davis. Kawhi Leonard and Damian Lillard are tied for me right mm-hmm. now. I know Kawhi is... <laughs> Have we ever forgotten about a guy as many times as we forgot about Kawhi? Just because he's not in your face? Like, he's he's just been the dude in the league for such a long time, and we always... Yeah, I mean, he he doesn't talk, and he he was out for a year, he basically. Yeah. You know, and so, in fact, he got more run during that year than probably anybody else in a lot of ways. That's but, true. yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, it is a fact, what you're saying. But, I mean, where, where do you got, Dave? Right now, I know you think Steph Curry's better, but would you take Steph Curry over Dave Lillard right now? If you're starting a team? Um, Probably... Uh, I think I think to some extent we're forgetting about Steph. Steph, for because sure, he's been injured and now he's not playing. So for sure, I, I got Damian Lillard at about six in terms of the whole NBA six, five to seven somewhere okay. in there. Which, by the way, is a nice tier to be on. I, I just find it fascinating that I think that the nation we know about Damian Lillard so in depth in our neck of the woods because mm-hmm. of where he's from, both being from Oakland and playing at Weber State and playing for the Blazers. I just don't think the nation really knows as much about Dame as, as they maybe should. He's he's making his announcement, but I think that like the common NBA fan in the, in the country wouldn't say what you just said or what I just yeah. said. They would take Russ and Harden and, and Kyrie Irving and stuff over him. And I just, there's no chance, man. I would much rather have David Lillard than those guys. See, I mean, there's there's some great, that, I think I think one way to tie about is not who's ahead of him, but who's behind him. And Harden's behind him. I me. agree, man. Westbrook is. Totally. Jason Tatum, like, they're, they're Kyrie but Irving. But that's what I'm saying is that he's better than the last two dudes to, that, not, that aren't named Giannis to win the MVP. Right. He needs to get that respect. I know that people know that he's an all-star, but they don't consider him. I mean, he's been first-team All-NBA the last two years. Mm-hmm. The proof's in the pudding. He's on the first team. It's Tutel Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. All right, Coulter got his. He's feeling very good. He's happy. He's got to go to the water now. Got to rehydrate after all that Damian Lillard talk. You want to give us a call? 361-3688. 361-3688. We got some wings for you from the Desperado. They are very tasty. And coming up top of the hour, our ESPN roundtable with Don Wetzel Sr. and his son Ryan. A tremendous conversation you're not going to want to miss. 361-3688. Give us a call right now. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, our team works with you to understand your technology demands, then deploys the right solution for your unique needs. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business. Blackfoot, connect to more. Midnight train to Georgia. I've been on the midnight train to Haver. It's two telling Nuanas watching on ESPN Radio. Who sings it? Mm, nah. You should know that. I mean, man. of isn't course that I like, should. Isn't gospel music like the only music you were allowed to listen to when you were a kid? It, I mean, 
again, Sandy Patty is different from the midnight train to Georgia. Well, Gladys Knight is a very well-renowned gospel singer. I bet you your mom likes Gladys Knight. I bet you your mom loves Gladys Knight. Um, I have no doubt. Um, Gladys Knight, under, underrated. What a voice. Like, if I don't know who all four Beatles are, you think I'm going to get Gladys Knight? Come on. It's 2 Tell Nuanas, <laughs> 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. It is time for a Wing It Wednesday. Got some questions for you, a little trivia, and some wings in the balance. We go to the phones. We welcome in Tim to the show. Hi, Tim. How are you? Good. How are you? Doing great, Tim. Appreciate the call. Here's the deal, my friend. We got three questions for you. They're my questions. If you get two of them, you got yourself wings to the Desperado. If you get all three, you got yourself a shirt to go with it. And Coulter will be your lifeline if you need any help on one of these. All right? Okay. Boy, some chicken wings would really hit the spot. Tell me likey. Tell me want wingy. All right, uh, all right, Tim, here we go. Question number one. Uh, the Portland Trailblazers beat the Dallas Mavericks 134-131 last night to move into the eighth spot in the Western Conference playoff picture. How many points did Damian Lillard score in that game? 61. Bang. Excellent work, Tim. Question number one in the bag. No hesitation. That's what we like to see. Okay, here we go. Also from yesterday, the Tampa Bay Lightning and Columbus Blue Jackets played game one of their playoff series in the NHL postseason yesterday. It was a very memorable and unique game. Why? I'm going to have to use my lifeline. Oh, boy. Coulter, save and ask him for the next one. I'll help you. I have no clue. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I'll fully admit I haven't even considered the prospect of oh. hockey being back on television, oh let alone gosh. that there's something happening Brutal. in hockey. Okay, here we go. We go to the third question. We'll come back to that in a moment. What baseball team leads the MLB in win percentage? They are currently 11-3. and three. It's also notable the percentage is important here because a bunch of teams haven't played the same number of games. This is one team that has not played as many games as, as the most possible. They've had some postponements mostly due to their opponents, but uh, they are, uh, they've won most of the games that they've played. Who is that team right now? Well, I, I kind of think I know, but uh, uh, Coulter, what, what's your thought on this? I, I can't help you here only because... Um, this is an obvious question because Ryan wrote it. Yes. And he, he wouldn't... Follow the breadcrumbs. Yeah, you, you follow the breadcrumbs. I don't actually know the answer to this, except for that I know Ryan wrote the question, so the answer is the Chicago Cubs. Well, I will, I will uh, fall in line with you on that, then. Tim, it is the mighty Chicago Cubs of the north side of the Monsters of Midway, <laughs> this windy city, Chicago. They are 11-3, and 3, 786 right now, win percentage. I mean, they are way out in front of everybody. There's only one other team that's even over 700. I mean, 11-3, and 3, that is crazy. Another win yesterday over the, uh, was it the Rockies? I can't remember who they, oh, the, the Royals. The Royals, terrible. Who likes the Royals? Nobody. Anyway, Tim. He's true. Rolling our most my loyal friend, listeners. <laughs> my mom, my mom doesn't like the Royals either. Uh, Tim, uh, excellently done, my friend. You got yourself wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern. You go ahead and uh, give your information to Reese there, and we will get you set up. Okay. Sounds good. Tampa Bay Lightning and the Columbus Blue Jackets yesterday, Coulter. Sure. 
Five overtimes. Nice. They're all 20 minutes long in the postseason. Ouch. Six hours of hockey in mm-hmm. terms of the total duration of the game. You know, with it sounds like a good way to ruin a playoff like run. At some point, will you just lose on purpose so you can get back on the horse and start playing again? That is the dumbest thing you've said. No. I it's mean, definitely you, not you the lose that. <laughs> you lose that game, and it's a, a hard road to hoe now. Fourth longest game in NHL history yesterday in the bubble between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Columbus Blue Jackets. By the way, Tampa Bay did get the game winner in the fifth overtime for a 3-2 victory. Very nice. Perhaps more to come on that. But we got to get out because next, our ESPN roundtable. Don Wetzel Sr., former Grizzly men's basketball standout from the late 60s and early 70s, his son Ron, and our discussion with them both about sports, about playing basketball in the state of Montana, and their connection to the logo that was the Washington football team's logo and the family heritage that it is from the patriarch, Walter Blackie Wetzel. All of that right after this. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 